I'll talk sense for a good, you know, 10 minutes. And they're still like off the fact that I look the way I do and I sound the way I do. Like you went to public school. Your parents didn't teach you about money. And you have a six figure portfolio on auto. I don't even understand what's happened. Welcome to Hey Awesome Girl with Tibby Jones. Every week, we interview amazing boss babes in tech, medicine, law, entrepreneurship, entertainment, parenting, and more about their lives, their goals, their wives, in order to discover how every day they're working to add more pleasure, ease, and abundance in their orbit. This show is part business advice, part life coaching, part real talk with girlfriends. If you're looking for a show that's real and relatable, but also inspiring at the same time, this is the one for you. I'm your host, Tibby Jones. I'm founder and CEO of Hey Awesome Girl, a creative agency. I am dog mom to the amazing Olivia, the cutest little doggo on earth. And I am someone who admittedly is scared of investing. So this is a good episode for me. In this episode, you'll meet Angela Matthews, who is an investing pro. We dig into all things investing and not just stock market. She helps me overcome some limiting beliefs I have and fears around money and investing. We talk about all the things. And I'm super excited because I am a part of her Wealthy Her investing program. And so I know you will love this episode with her. Ready to learn about all things investing and get your butt kicked at the same time? Let's get started. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. I am so excited you are here. Uh, one, for selfish reason. I was, I'm going to ask a lot of questions today, and it's going to be like, I'm asking for a friend, but the friend is me. So just so you know. But for the people who aren't familiar with you, please give them an introduction, who you are, what you do. So my name is Angela E. Matthews, and I am the goddess of wealth. I'm joking, um, but I am though. And so <laughs> yes. I teach folks how to invest in the stock market. And I do this through a multitude of ways, but primarily I do it in a way that is stress-free, that is fun, that is relaxing, and more importantly, it is passive. And so Ooh. the name of my company is Happy Investor Method, and that is literally what I teach. I teach folks how to be happy investors with a method. Mm. How did you get started with that? So for me, I got started probably about 12 years ago as an investor. And I wasn't an investor in the beginning. When I first dabbled, I didn't even see myself as an investor, even though I was investing in things. But I literally sat down at my deadbeat job. This was my last W-2 job that I had 12 years ago. Okay. <laughs> and all these things were happening at the same time. And I Googled, how do you become rich? Because I just knew You're that right I couldn't be point. working all the time. Yeah. Uh -huh. I just got right to the point. And specifically, I, I wanted to know how do you become self-made? Because I didn't uh -huh. come from a family that taught me about investing, or let's just be honest, my school didn't teach me about investing or managing money. And so at the time, and kind of what still is our, you know, our, our granddaddy of information, Google. And yes. so I Googled it and it said, 
you either invest in the stock market or you become self-employed. You start a business. You become an entrepreneur. These are the two most uh, sustainable ways to become self-made. And so for me, I did both. Mm, uh-huh. And I would love to say that it worked out beautifully and it was amazing. And I became an instant millionaire. No drama, <laughs> no worries. Dollars a week. Yes. <laughs> it was not like that at all. It was a saga. And um, as a result, I've become now what I consider a really successful investor. And I know that it's just getting better and better with time. But my mission and my goal is to help people not make the mistakes that I made in the past so that they can kind of catch up and collapse time around this thing that's literally been around for hundreds of years. Let, let's let's unpack that. So the thing that's been around for hundreds of years is the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Or the idea of investing? I mean, that's been around since forever, the idea of investing. Well, good point, good point. Let's, we do it let's... with relationships. We do it with our kids, with Ooh. our with the things we buy. With mm-hmm. ourselves, we mm-hmm. we invest in a lot of things that you might not consider our investments, but I mean, our entire life, it's an investment. Mm. Also, people going back to in us, going back to your story, like your time is your investment. Mm-hmm. You at the W two job, you are investing your time in their company. Now you invest your time in your own company. That's absolutely right. You're unlocking doors in my brain already. We're what? Three minutes in <laughs> this, this I'm gonna I'm gonna save this episode and play it again for myself. Uh I wanna dig into the stock market because I'll admit I have not invested. I signed up for what is it called? Robinhood. Is mm-hmm. it Robinhood? I signed up for a Robinhood account maybe like two years ago. I barely do anything with it. Um because I'm afraid, I'll be honest. <laughs> like I'm just like, what is this? How does this work? I see these letters. I see these numbers. How do you help people? One, like, talk to me about the stock market in general. Like, what are the basics we need to know about it? And then how do you help people get over those those maybe irrational fears like I have? Mm-hmm. All right. So one thing I want to say is um, they're not irrational. Right? It actually is a very rational thing to be afraid of something you've never done before and have been in an echo container of people saying you can't do it, whether they actually say it or whether they show you signals that you can't do it. Mm. And this is shown in in the people that you see when you think about investors. Yeah. You know, typically these people are men, old, old mm-hmm. men in suits. This is yeah. typically what you see when you think of a successful investor. And so the fact that I exist is like an anomaly in and of itself. Like when people see me, I'll talk sense for a good, you know, 10 minutes and they're still like off the fact that I look the way I do and I sound the way I do. And they're still like, wait, what? How is this even possible? Like, like you went to public school? Your parents didn't teach you about money? And you have a six-figure portfolio on auto? I don't even understand what's happening there, right? But I love that. That's why you're here. Representation matters. Absolutely. And so I say this to say that don't, I, I, I really aim to release the guilt around mm. not knowing how to invest or not pursuing it or being afraid. I'm a firm believer that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm. Right. And the fact that someone is even listening to this conversation right now, that means there is something in your spirit that kind of 
beckoned you to this conversation. Um, Kind of like how when you say something or think something, there's an ad for it, but in a way less skeezy way. (laughs) Yes. Right. And so there's now you're at a point where either you are making what you can comfortably make and afford to invest on the side without it like crushing your ability to live. Right. For some of us, that used to be a reality. For me, that was my reality when I started. I was making 40000 a year and mm. investing. And all the experts told me, you shouldn't be doing this because you're 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 too young. I was around in my early 20s. You shouldn't mm. be doing this because you don't have enough money. You don't have savings. You have debt. You have all these wow. things that I had when I started investing. And now as people come to me, they say, well, I did everything right. I did the job thing. I have a business. I got this certain income bracket. Yep. But it doesn't feel what the same. It doesn't, I don't have the security that I thought I was going to have. And I actually am working just as much as I did when I first started. So something's right. not adding up. So they look at me and they say, so you clearly didn't follow any of the rules and you're still here and you're thriving. Right. So something's off in the dialogue mm-hmm. that I've been getting and what you're doing. And so mm-hmm. I want to tell you that, and for anyone who's afraid of investing, I will say that on a psychological level, right? we've been through a lot of things, right? You're coming to the conversation, not necessarily at zero. Okay. You know, if you happen to be, again, a woman, we weren't allowed to, to manage money, to own money, or to even aspire to have it mm-hmm. up until maybe the last two or three decades. And so just in ourselves is a conversation of like, I'm a woman. Shouldn't I be having babies and watching them? Or shouldn't I be cooking some man some food? In our thing, in our genetic DNA, is it, oh, let me go out and own this company. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me start building my wealth on auto so I can go and sit on a beach. (laughs) Like, this is not the narrative. And so that's what I want to say to you is, you get to make a conscious decision of choice and say, well, where did this fear come from? Why do I have this fear around this? Who gave that to me? Did I give this to me? And if you really think about it, you realize that you didn't give it to you. Somebody else gave it to you. Yeah. And in that moment of recognition, you can choose to send it back and you can choose mm. to just believe it and choose mm-hmm. to find another way. Like what is your truth and path around money? Yeah. That's so powerful. Um, So, and I've mentioned this on the show before, like I didn't grow up with money. I'm from Eastern North Carolina. Like we didn't have nothing. I was, when I was talking to um, an associate of ours, Marisa, who's an estate planner and attorney, I was telling her how I've been talking to my lawyer about setting up a trust for myself, my business, and just putting everything in there. And the idea, so growing up, like I heard about like trust, like trust fund kids and all that. I'm just like, oh, that's, that's something rich white people have. That's not something that this, this little black girl from North Carolina will ever have access to, to your point, because that was what was either said to me explicitly or what was modeled to me, the lack of representation. And so your point about identifying those money blocks and those energetic blocks and where they where they came from, uh, so, so crucial. And I imagine, because what you just walked me through, you just life coached me, <laughs> like right here 
on <laughs> this show, which I'm sure that anyone listening is getting something from it too. I'm sure that's what you do in your work. You have a lot of experiences that people can participate in to learn more about what you do. Talk me through how what you just walked me through from an energetic, from a mindset perspective. How does that gel with the offerings that you have as a company? So it's really interesting because as a CEO, I get to be intentional about what I create. And Mm. so because I know coming to the table that my encasing isn't what the typical investor looks like. Neither should my my programs be, Ooh. which just gives me a heck of a lot of liberation in creating them. And this is like a very nice cookie cutter way to say something that literally took me five years to figure out. <laughs> so, I'm just going to be honest. When I started, right. I had a little black suit with the white button up and uh-huh. I would like press my hair. I used to work at Goldman Sachs and I would press my hair and mm-hmm. really try to look like something that I will never, ever be. Like mm. down to my DNA, I will never be an old dude in a suit, predominantly white. It ain't right. in the cards this <laughs> lifetime. Don't know about the next couple. So all this time right. saying is. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> next time we might be. Next time, who knows? <laughs> we all know. <laughs> but I, I'm going to learn all my lessons this lifetime. Okay. Because that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And so all this to say is in our programs, I I get to utilize the fact that, yes, I'm an investor and yes, I know numbers and I'm comfortable with it. But I also get to show people that it's so much more than the numbers. Mm. Energy trumps action any day. Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so usually the folks that I attract, they have a deeper sense of knowing Mm-hmm. than the average person who wants to pick up a book on like 10 ways to invest in the stock market, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I'm more interested in the energy you come to the table with. I'm more interested in getting you to understand the numbers and how it all works together. I don't care about the minute, like the little details of it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like saying, how does the internet work? I don't know. It does. <laughs> Right, right. Do you, do you really care? Do you care how compounding works? You just care that it does in your bank account. Right. Right? And so a lot of us get tripped up on these things. And what right. I've done is I've distilled it so that all the things that tripped me up in the past from getting results, I put it into the method so that it doesn't trip you up. Mm. And so I do this by literally having experiences. I work with folks in small groups and I also work with folks one-on-one. And we do these experiences. So an example is I have an incubator for women and it's for new women investors. And we're in it right now. And we we take people in on an invitation, like people check about it. They inquire. We talk to them and see if it's a good fit. And we talk about a lot of stuff in there. And we just had a talk even just a couple of minutes ago about, hey, there's this company that you that's been trying to pull to you and say, invest in me, invest in me. And you have been giving it no time of day. Hmm. And the way I equated it to was like, we look at this as if we're dating someone, right? Mm-hmm, and so many mm-hmm. of us think about this hot person that's there and they're like, ooh, they're hot. I'm going to just bring them in my house and just have a good time with them, not know them at all. Right. And I was like, when it comes to this, you want to channel the most prudest, like grandma mm-hmm. from a church possible. Dirt, like old school. Old school values and ethics. <laughs> so when it comes to investing, it's like that. You have a company, you bring them to your front door 
you have a conversation with them and you say good night. You don't go and just dump 5K into crypto because you heard everybody's talking about it. Oh, God, don't get me started on I know that. I'm pushing buttons. I know I'm pushing buttons. <laughs> you right? are, but keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so all this to say, when, when I equate things to like something that you already know, such as dating, like we all know mm -hmm. dating, we've all dated at some point in our life. There's always someone there in the background who's been there for us, always supported us, always always gave us a hand or something. And we don't typically look at them just because mm. they're not popular. They're not the most physically attractive, but they are reliable and they are stable. Yeah. And they've been through it and probably will go through it with us. And those are like the companies that we should invest in. I just, I want anyone listening to like understand. I'm trying to like low key take notes, like with my hand underneath the camera. <laughs> But like you, as I said, you're unlocking doors in my brain that I hadn't thought about before. And even even what you said, probably three points earlier about like ad retargeting, but less creepy. Like when someone's ready, the teacher will show up. I was like, oh, that's energetic retargeting. Like she she just attracts who she who she needs. And obviously I'm a prime example because I needed to hear this. And this is just where we are right now. But I love, I love the idea of experiences because, and I'm sure this was part of your thought process, the more that people get used to trying something and they have like a, having a safe environment in which to try things or workshop things, especially things that typically have a, a, a connotation of being very esoteric. I'm sure that just, it just helps more people do it because you're providing such a safe and informative, resourceful, ex as you said, experience for them. How did you, how did you come, you talked a little bit about, you know, conforming in one way and then kind of doing things your way. Did you have different products before and they didn't gel with your energy? How did you get to the idea of experiences? So, yes, because I'm an entrepreneur, so... <laughs> As we do. Like version 75.0 at this point. Um, <laughs> when I first started, so I started teaching five, no, seven years ago, actually. Mm -hmm. I started teaching seven years ago, started off as a hobby and then officially, officially, officially. So it's been seven years since I've been teaching how to invest and only how to invest, right? Mm. And what's beautiful about that is that I've worked with hundreds of people at this point. And I had my birthing almost very publicly. I had a social media agency and I'm an introvert at heart. I know, crazy, huh? Yeah, considering it's you. Mm -hmm. and so, <laughs> I had this agency and I started getting really at odds with people being very consumed with other people's lives. Mm. And, um, and also not even being consumed, as you can tell, I'm a little bit of a... a, a deep thinker. I'm, a, I'm actually, a, I actually have a degree in philosophy. So I am actually, I'm a real philosopher, like walking in the streets, a real philosopher with a degree. I feel um, that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the second you come in my presence, I'm going to make you think. And, yeah. and I also think, and so all this to say, I'm also quite transparent, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I will tell you as it is. And so sad to say, I word vomited on live radio about like screw social media because I was probably had a bad client that day or something and I was like they had unreasonable expectations and and I was like you know what all these people 
they just need to put their phone down and enjoy time with their loved ones and, and really appreciate life instead of seeing the projection that people want to project that might not even be a reality. Right. But then I said, you know what, though, Angela, you can't fix the world all the time. And until we get to that point, at least I'm getting richer. <laughs> and I said this, I, I was thinking out loud on radio and folks were like, what do you mean oh. you're getting richer? And I said, well, you were on Instagram all day, every day, <laughs> checking out people's stories and whatnot. And Facebook owns Instagram and I own Facebook. So go on and watch your stories. I'm becoming richer. The more people that watch the stories, the more people that interact with the, the information, the more money these companies make based on the advertising and their business model and to which the stock price goes up higher and the investors get paid. And I am an investor in Facebook. At the time, I owned LinkedIn that eventually got bought by Microsoft. So Microsoft paid me for LinkedIn stock that I had. Um, yeah. People will be like, hey, I'm spending up all this money um, on Etsy. I love Etsy. I love it, too, because I own it. <laughs> well, I'm not making things, but I feel good when I see you buy. First of all. I mean, what can I say? It's just one of those classic, like, oop moments. Like, you just, <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, I, th I think at the, as someone who works in social media, you know, I run a creative agency. We do a lot of social media management. I like, I tell clients all the time, social media, like, it's in the business of making you a consumer, you got to think like the business. And so taking it even further to your point, I don't know what the people were saying that brought up <laughs> what you said, but it's a valid point. You scrolling on Instagram and TikTok, but you're not an owner. It's no shade. I'm not either. This is why I'm talking to Angela. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do people, have you, have you shared that story before with people and how do they respond? I definitely get crickets a little bit because I can tell they're processing and it's uh -huh. also, I'll love you hard. I'll slap you up and then I'll love you hard and I'll slap you up and I'll love you hard. I'm like that old aunt that you just, you love her, but you know, when you see her, it's going to be real. It's going to be a little sting. She going to, she going to hit you with a little sting every now exactly. and then. Exactly. I'm the same way. And. And so that's how I am. It's like, I'll love you up, and but I'm going to advocate for your your highest self. Mm. I'm always going to advocate for your highest good and your highest self, right? And so when I see yeah. a person, I see like, man, imagine what that person could be if they had all the money they would ever need. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see people. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to talk to that person always. And the person that you are now You'll either love it and say, I have needed this. Where has this been? Or you'll be upset. And usually the only people who are upset are the folks who are feeling victimized. Mm. The people who, who are like, but I really like to do that. And there's nothing wrong with doing it. It's our hobby. I love mm -hmm. Chanel. Okay. Period. I like to look at it. I just haven't gotten it yet. I used to look at it too. I mean... I will tell you, Tivi, when I went into the Chanel store on Fifth Avenue, 
generational curses were broken. I swear, I shuddered. Okay. When I was like, when I saw those earrings on my ear in that mirror, I swear I wanted to cry. I, you know what? I, I want to get to that place. Like, I'm not a big, even though I feel like this sweater that I have on today is mad cute. It I'm not like, <laughs> I'm gonna put the link in the, uh, in the description. I'm not like a big fashion person, but I also like, I struggle. One, there are a few things that I, I, I struggle with with that. I tell myself that I'm not a big fashion person. However, I'm investigating why I say that. Like, is it true or is it because I grew up not having money? And so I just put on this veneer of it's better to be hardworking and kind than to be beautiful or fashion forward or anything. So there's that piece. But then there's also me really, uh, over the past year, I've been thinking a lot about leisure and luxury and how how that soothes me, how I, I mean, I, I my grandmother still works. Like we, we have the same birthday. She, I, how old am I? Hold on, I do the math in my head. She is, she's 79. She's still like still working, like nursing type of work. Like it's not, it's not, it's not easy work that she, that she does. I come from a family of hard workers and like wearing that mantle of being a hard worker and suffering and kind of labeling luxury and leisure as frivolous or as people, people do that when they're spoiled, such a waste of money, all of this stuff. And I'm getting to the point this year because Hey Awesome Girl has been, you know, we've doubled our revenue year over year for the past, since 2019. And we're on track. I'm trying to get to the goal this year is a million, (laughs) which is crazy for me to even say that. Like, I know I'm getting off track, but what I'm trying to get to is the idea of Chanel earrings and investing and, and, and feeling like you, you can do more with your money and you can have more money. Like those are two, I don't know why those two concepts are so hard for at least me personally to realize. And, and, and some people who I know who are trying to be entrepreneurs, do you have any advice for people who struggle with the idea of more and the idea of abundance when it comes to maybe investing in wealth, wealth building? Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that because you're not alone. And I know there's somebody listening or the person listening or other people may know of other people. Um, and I encourage you all to share an episode, this episode with them. But a lot of people come from that background. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, we are having exponential growth on a cellular level. Mm. Right. Just yeah. our generation. For the sure. fact that you are the age you are with the aspiration of hitting a million dollars in one year, when most people, quite frankly, will never see that in a lifetime. Mm. And in your suitcase that you have, on this goal, happens to have all of the past experiences and interactions you've had with money. So even though you're hitting the goal, you're going with the goal, you still got the suitcase with you. Yeah. 
And when you get to these goals, even these mini micro goals, 250K, 500K, 750K, right? Quarter after quarter, you're going to open up the suitcase and be like, ooh, I made it to my destination. What are we wearing? And you're going to open up the suitcase and it's going to be your sweater called lack. Ooh. (laughs) That's when I personally start getting penny wise and pound foolish. (laughs) Yes. And you're going to be like, ooh, it's chilly over here. I've never been over here before. Let me get my sweater. Sweater called lack. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you'll start making decisions as if you were the same person when you first got the sweater called lack. Mm. Now, you've grown, about to be a millionaire, Tivy, making decisions <laughs> with your sweater called lack that you had <laughs> when you were five years old. And you ask permission to get something and your mama probably looked at you like, girl, we don't got that kind of money. Yeah, no McDonald's money. Yes. I'm going to make you some fries. What you talking about? You, uh-uh. you been like, I don't need to pay somebody. to do I, I could do that. Right. Because you right. got this little called lack on. And you're like, oh, no, I'm resourceful. Mm-hmm. What you tell yourself. And so I say all this to say that a lot of us go through these 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 upper limit, these upper limit ceilings. And mm-hmm. my advice to you and my insight to you is to say that, I have these things on my wall and it's actually from when I spoke at a conference and we sponsored a conference and uh-huh. I loved the design that our team came up with so much. I brought it home and I was like, Oh, you're going to go on the wall. And all it says are these affirmations. And it literally says like happily invest in the stock market, uh-huh. go on your edge. And there's one that I love, which is money comes always in always. It's actually slightly. Yes. Different. What you have to realize is that money is a renewable resource. Mm-hmm. And you have to embody that. If I didn't think money or no, money was a renewable resource, there's no way in hell I would have paid $800 for some damn earrings. Period. Right. Right. That is, I have a goal of retiring my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm real clear that that was at least two weeks of her retirement. However, I work really hard. You ain't got that sweater on. Yes. However, I work really hard Mm-hmm. And I love that I have the option to want something and either say, yes, I want this or no, I don't. And it will not be because of the money in my bank account. Yeah. I love the fact that, and I tried to be cheap around this. I try, I did. I tried to not, I tried to be cheap around it. I knew I wanted to get a nice piece of jewelry to commemorate the success, right? Because celebration mm-hmm is nothing but gratitude on the other side. Yes. Period, right? And so sometimes you need to think about how am I celebrating? Because celebrating just shows how grateful you are. And I am so grateful for everything that happened to align for me to make this much money, for my investments, for for me to take an eight-month maternity leave, for me to do all this stuff. I'm going to honor myself. And when you honor someone, you give them your best. Like I grew up in church and we always wore the best. It might not have been the nicest, but it was the best. And you bring your best to the person, the entity, the being that you are honoring. I am honoring myself. What is the best I can give myself in this moment? I tried to go to Costco and get the (laughs) Costco jewelry. I did. No, you didn't. I did. (laughs) No shade to Costco, but Costco. No shade to Costco, but I did. The immigrant in me, I looked for a coupon. And I saw a sale on jewelry and I went to Costco. I did. 
That's a far cry from Chanel. Uh, it is. <laughs> I went, I bought, I saw that the thing, the necklace, it was similar to this, but not this. It was a pendant. It was beautiful in the case. And I was like, I'm buying this. And then they gave me a little card and they were like, go pay for this card at the register. And then you go to this other part of the warehouse and they give it to uh-huh. you. All this to say, I went to the other part of the warehouse. I got the little box and I was like, this is what I just spent $300 on this. I was like, it's in here. He was like, yeah, I went home. I opened it. The chain was in like a little clear plastic bag. I was like, what is this? This is not what I saw in the the window. And the experience I had was bleh. It felt like I got eggs at Costco. And this was supposed to be my celebration piece. Right. So the feeling wasn't there. That's how I knew. Mm -hmm. All right, Angela, we were being cheap. Because I wanted the feeling. And I got that feeling when I went to Chanel. When someone opened the door for me, when someone referred to me, yes, ma'am, when, I mean, I, that, I got the feeling that I wanted. And that's what you go after. And so you think about the feeling you want. You think about, is this going to get me to my next best step? Whether it's going to motivate you or whether it's going to realistically make it happen. Some folks talk about um, investing in our programs. Uh-huh. And they're like, wow, but what if I just invested this money? And I was like, you don't even know what the hell to do with this money. You're going to invest it and I guarantee you it's going to be gone. Uh-huh. Because this is not an easy game and you need to have some form of instruction. Yeah. Trust me, a lot of people do it and they fail. And that's probably why they went to you and said it was dangerous and risky and why you probably uh-huh. don't want to do it. Yep. But at the same time, I say, well, think about it. If you could figure this out, how much easier does everything else become for you? Yeah. I mean, and it makes me think to your earlier point about energy. Like you can, you could have invested that $800 in the Chanel earrings And your attitude about the purchase could have totally messed up your energy and your relationship with the purchase because you, what did you say? I said my notes Um, about celebration is gratitude on the other side. That was the energy that you brought to those earrings. So it was a totally different experience. I mean, I, I, I do feel like people, when it comes to investing in a business or a program, I don't know if it's self sabotage or what it is, but there's, they don't always come to it with a like an energy of excitement or appreciation or whatever they need to make the thing great for them to make the thing a celebration or come to it with gratitude. But I, I'm not sure if I'm making any sense. But like there's a there's a block there sometimes with maybe it's the the fear of giving up and and. And feeling like you might regret that decision, but regret is a choice. You don't have to feel regret. You don't. It is a choice. And and I love what you said. And I think the energy behind it is when someone says that either they spent money on this or they invested in this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I get you. But in case I don't, <laughs> unpack that. <laughs> it's so, so someone could say like, yeah, I spent money on the Chanel earrings. Mm-hmm. For me, I invested in the Chanel earrings. And it's different, right? Because yep. I know I do get women who are like, well, I invested in this Louis bag. Mm-hmm. Right? But the thing is, but do you own stock in Louis? Mm. No, I do. So you just mm-hmm. paid me, but you don't. And they're like, well, the Louis bag is going to... Um, I just love when you say that. Like, that's I just, love it too, girl. It hits me in my heart and I ain't even getting no check, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do too. Like you can see the excitement on my face. Um, 
because it's really scraping out that everybody can win. You're winning mm-hmm. because you have your Louis bag and you feel good about it. I'm winning because I own stock in that company. We're mm-hmm. all winning, right? The thing is, let's not be let's be clear. Your Louis bag is not an investment mm-hmm. in the future. Your Louis bag is an investment in that one moment. Mm-hmm. The investment you made was in the feeling it gave you, but once you leave that store, it is now used. Mm-hmm. And it is not vintage if you don't keep it in a case, right? Mm. Let's be clear. I purchased the stock and I am still making money from that stock years later, right? And so it's the investment, right? For Chanel, I'm investing in the feeling. When Mm -hmm. we buy things, we're investing in the feeling. It's different when you're thinking about investments in terms of I'm investing in an asset that's making me money when I am sleeping or eating or Mm -hmm. when I need it later to buy a bigger asset like my mansion, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. And so that's the difference between spending versus an investing. And it's like, yeah, I spent that money at Chanel, but I invested in my feeling. And the thing is, to be clear, I haven't been to Chanel in over a year. I'm saving up for that experience again, because it is so precious to me. I already have a screenshot of the new earrings that I want. But I still also appreciate I have pictures, multiple photo shoots with those Chanel earrings that I bought. Uh-huh. And so those are that's kind of the way you want to think about it. It's like, uh-huh. hey, am I spending? Am I investing? And the feeling, like you said, around that. Uh-huh. And that's how you gratitude it. When people come into the incubator, the wealthy her, they are so happy to be there. Like they are elated. They're like, I can't believe I just did this for myself. Like oh, I God. am so excited to learn. I'm so, I'm so over feeling insufficient in this area. Uh-huh. They are just and, you know, that's a rare thing to hear when someone pays money, like, four to five figures for something. To yeah. hear that, they're just like, I know I'm going to make six figures. And it may not be today, tomorrow, but if I know that I can make this and have my business or and have this on the side, too, right? I'm happy. Mm. I love the idea of helping people, especially women, because that's, that's my mission, uh, helping women see their options and just helping them understand that it's, you know, it's not just for one type of person like you, you can do this too. Uh, so I know I can talk to you all day. Like (laughs) I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go to the website, book a consulting session, something. But for everybody listening, we're going to we're going to wrap up. But please tell our audience where they can find you on the interwebs and maybe what specifically on their on your site they should pay attention to or start with. Mm -hmm. So you can go to happyinvestorguide.com. Of course, we've got a like really big, robust site that has tons of SEO. But if you listen to this, you probably are strapped for time and don't have time to do the 10 scrolls. And so we've got a cute little happy investor guide. And I encourage you to book a a session to speak with us. And so book a session to speak with us. It's really something that, I mean, just in an hour or less, we've really spoken about a lot. But I'd like to get to know you and how this information can support you and what we can do to help you get to your next best step. That's the focus of the call. What is the next best step for you and your goals? And if you are the DIY type where you're like, I just want to listen to an audio, we have that there too. So you can check that out. But really and truly, this is something that you probably wanted to start yesterday. Mm-hmm. And know that by making a decision and taking action, 
You don't have to think about it tomorrow. Dropping gems to the very end. Angela, thank you so much for being here today. We will add all the information about Happy Investor Guide in the description. We will definitely be featuring Angela on our social media as much as we can just to equip women and our, our whole community with all the resources that you uh, provide. This has been a great episode. I really enjoyed talking you, to you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for listening. Thank you so much for watching this episode. I hope you found some nuggets of wisdom from either Angela or myself. I know I did. Angela was such a joy to interview. She, again, kicked my butt. She like life coached me. Like there, as I said in the in the interview, there are so many doors in my brain that Angela unlocked that I can't I can't close anymore. Like I am forever changed. And so I'm super excited to continue working with her through her program. In this episode, we talked about all the things. We talked about releasing guilt, about not knowing what to do. I think that's a a big thing we have to tackle, especially when it comes to money and getting around our fear of doing that wrong. But something that Angela said that I want to leave you with is that energy trumps action any day. Before you even act, make sure that you have the right energy around what you're trying to do and go with that right energy. Because if you go with the right energy, your actions will be correct. Once again, I am Tivi Jones, founder and CEO of a creative studio called Hey Awesome Girl. I am recording from my home office. If you didn't know, now you know. Hey Awesome Girl has a social mission to celebrate and empower women, especially women of color. This conversation, I feel like, definitely aligns with, with that mission. In general, we see entrepreneurship, especially digital entrepreneurship, as a resource for women to increase confidence to, uh, in order to close the racial gender wealth gaps and to provide a means of freedom for women all over the world. I hope that this conversation plays a small part in advancing that mission because as they say, empowered women empower women. And that is what we are trying to achieve with this show. Keep an eye out on all of our social channels. We have some amazing shows lined up for you. You can find us at Hey Awesome Girls with an S on all of the social channels. I will see you next time. So it's me again, just jumping back on to share a special resource with you. So I know I talk a lot about our pleasure, ease, and abundance framework that we use at Hey Awesome Girl, but maybe you aren't quite sure what that means and how you can incorporate that into your life. Well, we have a free resource for you that can help with that. It's our pleasure, ease, and abundance playbook. In this playbook, I outline the nine elements of pleasure, ease, and abundance you need to consider to help you create a life that is fun, fabulous, and free. I walk you through journal prompts, I share resources, and give you some actionable steps you can take to get you further away from stress, exhaustion, and being broke. To download this free playbook, go to heyawesomegirl.com framework into your email address and we'll send it right over to you. That's heyawesomegirl.com slash framework to download your free playbook today.